something. I need a dollar, dollar, dollar. That's what I need. Hey, hey. Well, I need a dollar, dollar, dollar. That's, that's what, what I need. I need. Hey, hey. Said I need a dollar, dollar, dollar. That's what I need. And if I share with you my story, would you share your dollar with me? Bad times are coming. What up? I got a question. Fire away. What percentage seven, of our what, seven? What seven? Okay, seven's too many. Sean, Sean's joining us. What percentage of our listening audience boogies when they hear that? Oh, it's higher than seven. It's higher than seven. Maybe I a little shoulder that. shake, a little shimmy. Yeah, I mean, little, come on. Dun, 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 dun. That's got. I love that. How, how many I of love them? It. How many of them chime in with a little? Hey, hey. I'm actually gonna get. Okay, so how many of them do a little shimmy with it? Yeah, forty-seven. Forty-seven. How many of them throw in a hey, hey? Which grows with every episode. Oh, absolutely, yeah. that I would say right now we're at like fifty-seven with we'll that. Know, we'll yeah. know it's good when we see someone on the street and they say, "Hey, hey," then or, then, then we'll know. I want to know how many people sing it after they listen to it. That just sticks with them already. Right. Right. Like, need the, 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 ir- the ironic so part about the song is it has absolutely nothing to do with this show. So it just I just like it. No, I just liked it. I actually think it does. You I mean, tie it in we're not. Easily. You need a dollar. We're not asking people for their money. We're just asking for their time. Those are basically the same thing. And all we're saying is, if we're going to share our story with you, share some of your time with us. Share yeah, your, I, your, I, your I, dollar, I, your time. All right. I feel like it was perfect. But first time I heard it, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. What is I this? certainly never questioned it. Oh, what is yeah. this? Mark, just pretend there was like all this hidden genius behind it. Wait, oh. that wasn't recorded just for this podcast. Oh no, no, oh. I didn't. I did not hire <laughs> Aloe Black just for just for us. Um, I've got a cold, so I'm. I'm not going to talk. How do you have? I'm not going to talk. This ability to like. I've got. I I, I pulled a Chris Williams this week. I got a disease. Oh, uh, you just have a cold, and you but you don't look. No, before that, I had a hand, foot, and mouth. So that's a that's a Williams disease you, for sure. He was telling us about this earlier. You didn't yeah, hear that. Ross doesn't pay attention. He's got stuff all over. His no, I, I had like a couple spots, like one that's going away. I I heard so, you yeah, say that I got I got hand and foot. Okay, there was no mouth. There's My no neighbor. Way. Got it around his mouth. See, no, My daughter's currently got it. I was going. I think like I was wildfire. going into the restroom where I was doing something. I was getting on a phone call because I heard you say that your neighbor had hand, foot, mouth disease. Yeah, and he gave it to our whole family. And then I, but I missed that. I missed the second part of this. It's one of those diseases. Have you ever had this? Is disease? Yeah, condition. Yeah, whatever ailment. It's kind of like what's the point, man? It's like comes up. The, the the I'll call them sores. Isn't even accurate. It's just little bumps. They don't do anything. I mean, they come, they go. Like, why do we have this illness? Where does it come from? Hand, foot, Dude, mouth. The, and, it's ac- and it's accurate. This is the, I mean, it does affect your hands, your feet. This is the fact. And this is not going to become a religious podcast here all of a sudden. Yeah. It's a miracle that any of us are here. Yeah. It's a miracle. There's so much shit out there that could kill us, man. There's so many things that are designed to kill us. Yeah. I mean, what did I read the other day about, like, the most venomous... Like there's like a grasshopper or a dragonfly. There's a dragonfly that's super venomous. Yeah. What? The, what? Did you ever hear the? Uh, I have no idea if this is true. So you guys might know it's not true and laugh at me. But did you ever hear that something like daddy long legs, which we see all the time, are supposed that's to what be? That's mine too. Really, uh, you know, they, they've got they're poisonous. Yeah. Basically. One of the most deadly spiders. But they there. can't they can't like penetrate our skin or right. something. So it's they're relevant to part, us. I think that's part of the deal with the grasshopper. And then another one was those tiny little seahorses. Yeah. What are uh, seahorses? Sea yeah. seahorses. Seahorses. But they have sea a different horses. name. They're a, they have a different. Like one of those things is super deadly too. 
Like, what the? I what? mean, yeah. So when you're in the ocean next time, don't pet one. I mean, you'll be fine. I've said this before to you, man. I'm lucky to be born in the time I was born because if I'd have been born like 500, 700 years ago, I'd have just been left for dead. Yeah, I can't see. Yeah, I I need really thick glasses. You would have been to, you would have been the runt of the litter. I'm, I they would have said I was slow. Yeah. I was wasn't strong. But now, now I'm you. a big boy. It even says it on your shirt. Yeah. All big. those people watching. It. Yeah, for everybody that knows, I put big right on my shirt so everybody knows I'm a big boy now. There was a time when being alive would have sucked. Oh, my God, yeah. Every yeah, time except, that long no matter ago. what. Every time except for now, yeah. dude. It's not that long I'm ago. Not, I'm not on any meds for this, but imagine, like, depression before there's any meds. It's just like, oh, just deal with it. I mean, maybe people weren't as depressed back in the caveman era, but it was, you know. Mark, so like, listen, deal I, with it. I love you to death. Yes. You are one of the most bougie guys I know. You Thank just you, you and and, and you, you are Thank you. you've worked your ass off to get to the point where you don't have to deal with the bullshit of life, right? You are I mean, yeah, I shouldn't say it that way. I shouldn't say it that way. You 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 pick and choose a lot of times the battles that you want to fight, right? Because you have that ability. You Except have, when Google just out of nowhere deletes yeah, our right. business. We'll, info. Do, we'll talk about that here before we before Jeez. we get to the story, because that's wild what's happening there. Yeah. Um but you so I don't know, man, you're tough. You're able to get through stuff. You're a hard worker. But there's a part of me that thinks that, like, I know you'd never go camping. I, so, so. You'd go glamping. But you, but true, you would do. True camping. Would you define that as sleeping on the ground? Yeah, here's what I'm trying to get at. Like, okay. wagons east. Okay. You know, if it, uh, if, if you're here in the 1600s. Yeah. You're gonna do whatever you have to do for your family. That's what I've decided on this. You're gonna you're gonna do whatever you have to do for your family because there was a part of me that was like Mark Charter, 2022 Mark Charter gets t- teleported back to 1600s. Yeah, and they're like, all right, man, we're gonna load up the wagon. Ninety uh, percent of us have to walk the whole time. Yep. And I feel like Mark would be the guy that's like, uh, can I just stand under a big boulder and you guys push it over on me or something? This, I, this, this is, reminds this me of uh, 1883, which yeah, I just watched, what, yep, right? Wagon train heading, heading to Oregon. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of that where I was thinking, man, that would be uncomfortable. Oh, just dude. And I think about how much people would stunk back then. Yeah. When I watch shows like that, I'm like, they, they bathe maybe like once every two weeks. I love or, seeing that. Yeah. I love seeing pictures of people from that time in because you can see it in their face. You can see like... Life is hard. Yeah. You can see yeah. it on them, man. It's, it's gotten so significantly cool. better. But camping something that um, sounds appealing, but isn't. I love it. Not appealing at all. I've I've had, so my version of camping has been like overnight camps, you know, growing up, doing some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's in a building typically. Not even always a bed. I went to a camp, a church camp growing up, up in uh, Clear Lake. Still there. The camp's still there. And... Their idea of beds was rickety two by fours where you had three pieces of plastic hanging between them. So it was like a three person bunk, literally just like a green tarp. That's all that was there. And then you put your sleeping bag on the tarp. Super, super uncomfortable. Talk about daddy long legs, that shower. It was like an outdoor shower kind of a deal. Oh, probably full, had hundreds of them. Full, full, full yeah, of them. Right. Um, <laughs> Those outdoor showers. But I, I remember so once too. I remember once I went to this uh, event. Again, it was a church-related event at someone's house, and everyone had this idea it would be cool to sleep outside under the stars. So I had a sleeping bag, and it was miserable. I don't know if I, sl- <laughs> I, don't know if I, I don't know if I slept the whole night. It was in the summer. So you start to get that your wet feeling, yeah, you know, yeah, as, yeah. As, as the sun's dewy. coming up and yeah. dewy. Hate it. Hate it. 
don't yeah. understand the appeal at all of, of doing that. Let's sleep out in nature. Let's Man. not. So, Mark, I, I'm dumb enough to you. You're you're absolutely right. I I won't push back on anything you're saying. I know. I'm going to preface all this by saying I know this is dumb of me. I I get in these moments where I have this like yearning for it. When I go fishing up in Canada. That entire 12-hour drive back is me, Ryan, and Dusty talking about uprooting our families and moving to Canada. To, yep. could, could we live on this island? Yep. Now, the, the show that I love and the show that gives me the best perspective on this is called Alone. Have any of you ever watched Alone? Is that the it one is, where they're naked? I think I've seen no, that. No, 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 no. That's Naked and Afraid. Okay. Th- this is Alone is... Um, more extreme than that. Way <laughs> more extreme. They give, so they, they got, each season they get together like the 20 best survivalists in the country, in the world, around the world. I think all of them speak English. Uh, but anyway, they bring them together, they give them a camera, and they're allowed to bring certain provisions with them, but I mean, it's they're limited to like six or eight or 13 items, something like that. You're getting the idea. And then they drop you off with the camera, and you have a satellite phone that can make one phone call. Mm-hmm. And when you make that one phone call, it goes to the producers to say, I'm done, come get me. The last person to use the phone wins. You have no idea. You're so far separated from all the other contestants. They put them like in the Alaskan wilderness yeah. that they can't find each other. They can't like team up. There's none of that. I mean, the idea is you are there all by yourself. Yeah. Watching these people who are the world's best survivalists. Yeah. You know how long they make it? Like the longest one I can remember seeing of the five or six seasons yeah. I've seen. Dude made it like 35 days. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine this long. Humans aren't meant to be alone. Well, the, the, the mental you'll go, side. You'll go it. crazy. You're right. Being not, alone. It's not the physical side of it. I mean, it is, Tom Hanks turned out really well. Four years, he came back. He, yeah. he acclimated yeah, extremely right. well in Castaway. Great movie. It is a great movie. Can we talk about Castaway? You don't want to talk about the Google thing, do you? We'll talk about Castaway. What's Google? Google. Castaway. <laughs> Castaway has. Some of the best life lessons. It does, but here's my main question about Castaway. Great movie, by the way. Yeah. Where does Dibs fall in? (laughs) With his wife? Yes. (laughs) You talking about with his wife? This is what I think about every time, right? He was... What a great... I want to get into like all these deep, amazing things that come from Castaway and Mark. This is... All right, but let's start with the big elephant in the room. What this, about this? this, this who's, this bang, is, who's banging this the lady is. at the end here? <laughs> All right, so Chris Noth is the uh, new husband. So he's in love with I, Kelly. They actually show you. Who, I cannot even tell you who the new what the new husband looks like. Chris Noth. I just told you. I don't even know who that is. Mr. Big know? on Sex in the City. Very well known actor. I my, don't know. My, I still, my drunk. No, yeah. you, you're correct. I'm not very he's good with this. I, I, as mu- as, as much as I right. like movies and stuff, I don't. Get on the get on the Google. You'll know exactly who he is. Chris Noth. How do I spell that? N O T H. All right, so uh, for those that haven't seen Castaway, oh, by the guy. way, that guy's I, a famous actor. I know that is exactly. So <laughs> he's he, he missing the conversation. He's Mr. Big in that one show. Oh yeah. All right, so you guys, you guys are engaged because he proposes right before he leaves. You guys are engaged to the love of your life, and it's just you. Life's life's great. Life's happy. You get on the plane. You lost at sea for four years. You're on the island. Whatever. You come back. She thinks that you've died. Of course as does everybody else, and she moved on with her life. Doesn't this scenario happen in Pearl Harbor as well? Uh, I don't Josh know. That movie, that movie sucked ass, yeah, so I'm not sure. It did suck ass. You're right. So you come back, and you're like, hey, I didn't do anything wrong. Plane crashed. 
I loved you, you loved me. That doesn't necessarily change. I'm sure she was still thinking about him all the time. And, uh, you know, Mr. Big moves in and swoops her up and, uh, you know, consoles her, makes sweet love to her and dries her tears. Well, now you're back in the picture. Can you not say to the new husband, technically I had dibs. So you should, uh, you should, you, you should fuck on off. Cause, cause, cause her choice has nothing to do with it. She made, a, she made a choice based off a set of circumstances that weren't true. Well, she, also, she thought he was dead. She had he to move on dead. in her own love, mind. I right? love that you're, I love the way your brain works, man. I mean, what do you That's guys expect? Awesome. Put yourself in the shoes of Tom Hanks. All right, you come back. You want that woman. You never fell out of love with her a single day. In fact, she kept you alive on that she, island. Yes, she did. Yeah. You looked at your little pocket watch every day with her picture in it, Ernie right? Wilson. Yeah. You know, yeah. it gave you hope. Man, what a good movie. And you movie. come back Gosh. and you find some creep in your bed. Well, it wasn't his bed. You know what I mean? They still, it was still his car. Memory takes it back. They were driving around in his car. That's right. So, which is weird. What do you do? Which what do you that, do? That's do you just a weird one. Do you just uh, kowtow to this this new swinging dick and say you got my girl, or do you say we need to talk about this, dude? Man. I think the right I move think, would be for you to step aside. Okay, homie. I think I think hey, homie. Ross and yeah. I and I resume my place on the throne. <laughs> Knowing you, I think Ross and my answers are going to be very similar, and yours is going to be completely different. You freaking cucks! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you got, yeah, have my wife. Go ahead. As long as she's happy, right? That's it's totally fine. <laughs> totally fine. Have my wife. So neither one of you thinks you have any rights to the this woman. This is amazing. Oh, neither one of you. God. Come on, man. I just want to know if either one of you guys can get there. Can you what call, the hell? Can you call Dibs? I love the way. All right, guys. I'm going to talk about it's dibs. All right. We got to talk about dibs on this. Can don't you? don't just Ross never dibs. Ross never knows where my brand is headed. <laughs> that was amazing. That's why I ha- that's why it hangs out with this here <laughs> for sure. All right, Sean. Yes. What's your, what's your take? I want to hear. Well, I mean, you can call dibs all you want, but if she has moved on and she's like I want to be with this guy. Unwillingly moved it's, on. It's her choice. Though. Unwillingly. Is she didn't it, want to. Is, is it not her choice? You don't really have any say. Absolutely, in, it's her choice. The, but what if, Okay, so what if she wants to well, go I mean, back what, with him? What do you what? do as the husband? You're the new husband. Well, do you understand it? And say, I get it, man. He was here first. One of the guys is going to have to give in eventually. Yeah. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've, so I've, in I've, that I've case. Heard of, I've heard of relationships for. No. Do you, do you <laughs> expect. My, my wife wait, watches wait. these TV shows where this is not uncommon. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it. Eventually boils down to her decision, yeah. Of course, between and, and what's, Mark, what's your what's your your Tom does Hanks the new your, does the new husband be magnanimous no. about it though? And no, he says, I'm sure he, nobody's yes, I understand happy about it. I understand, but as the guy coming off the island, what is your argument? I had dibs. I think that's a strong argument. So this, uh, okay, it's <laughs> a strong argument. <laughs> I love this. I do. This is so great. What's your argument when you get front seat in my car? You just yelled something. You said, yelled that's shotgun. That's a whole other thing. There's that's a whole that's your legal claim. You yeah. said one word: shotgun. Yeah. someday we're going to talk about shotgun and all the all the different rules with yeah, shotgun. There are but yeah. Rules. But yeah, this is like if you called called shotgun because it's a two door car, and then all of a sudden you walk outside and you're like, oh, it's a six door car. Hey, yeah. you can sit by me in the back seat. Oh well, I had I had dibs on the front seat, and I I think I I think I I know the circumstance changed, but yeah. All right, so if you're Tom Hanks, I can't remember any of the act of the of their characters' names. Maybe they're in there somewhere in my brain. Uh, her right name is Kelly. Wow, I don't think I'd have come up with that. Her name is no. Kelly, and his name is Jim. 
Helen Hunt. Wait, wait a minute. Uh, uh, Tom Jim Hanks' Kelly. name is, is Jim Kelly in no, the movie? No, her name is Kelly. His name is Jim. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Together they make Jim Kelly. Together they make Jim Kelly. I don't yeah. think I ever knew name. I don't think I ever heard his name, Jim. You know, because yeah. Wilson never called him by name. Right. Uh, so that movie. No, I'm wrong. If I'm. What? What do you mean? It's not Jim. There is a what Jim. Is it? Jim's one of the guys that died in the plane crash. His name's Chuck. Chuck Nolan. Chuck sounds right. That's, Chuck Nolan. Yeah. Chuck Nolan. Nice. He, he lives life like a Chuck, let me tell yeah. you. I am right about Helen Hunt. Kelly. Kelly, Kelly Freers. Kelly and Chuck. Chuck, and Kelly. Chuck and Kelly. Yep. Um, all right. So if you're if John Hanks, you come back, you're obviously madly in love. You're hoping you're going to walk in and it's going to be, uh, you know, she's still going to be wearing the, the, the engagement ring. She's and still dressed in black. She's still got a veil over her right, face. Right, morning, right. For four years. Yeah, she's just little. Been sitting there waiting for you to pop Correct. in, and just sustaining Wait, her life with the her. waiting part. Though, is four years. Yeah. What if four. it's ten? What if it's what it's? I it's think 15. dibs runs out at about eight. Oh, okay. There's, eight there's years. Rules of dibs too. Okay. Roughly. I mean, it, it, yeah, seems yeah, fair. Seems all right. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna Google dibs find out if there's official rules of dibs. Hey, that's actually another idea. Dibs is the right to share or choose something. So he had dibs. Yeah, in that's my part opinion, two of he the could, shotgun, official rules of the. He, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he yeah. could choose. Uh, all right, so you come back, you ask, you, you walk in, you're hoping that's going to be the case. Uh, actually, you're probably hoping. You know, I hope she really did well with her life. I hope she went out and got a great job. She's been making six figures. Maybe won the lottery. No. Maybe I'm going to turn the corner here, and she's going to be not only am I been waiting for you, I'm also yeah. a multimillionaire. The waiting for you part is is what he's really focused on. Yeah, right but he's probably hoping she's got some cash yeah. on his side too, you know, because he just spent some time on an island. <laughs> yeah, he'd like to. He's going to get some. He cash, probably wants I to think. travel. He wants to see the world. <gasps> um, <laughs> wants to so, take some flights somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, let's get some things. <laughs> get get on a beach somewhere. Yeah. The uh, he, when you walk in and you see that that's not the case. Imagine the crush, the crush of that. Like, oh, my God. Uh, uh, what? But for th- if you're the other guy, like, oh, bro, we thought you was dead. Yeah. Man. Plot twist. And I think I would tell my wife, like, listen, there's going to be a whole bunch of baggage that comes with this, okay? Homie ain't going to be right in the head for a long time. You're going to be... Gonna be sleeping outside. Gonna be starting fires in the living room. Like you don't want to mess with this. Trust yeah. me. Okay, kick this Robinson Caruso character to the curb here, and live a 2020 lifestyle with me. Here we go. Yeah, honey. Sorry about your luck, dude. Shouldn't have. Sorry about your luck. Let me, let, me, yeah. let me let me jump in here at the real article. This is uh this is from NPR in 2020. The headline is Chicago's dibs <laughs> tradition can get dirty and even dangerous. Oh my gosh. It says, earlier this winter, we answered a question from a curious citizen about the history and ethics of dibs. The practice of shoveling out a parking spot and then saving it with something like a lawn chair or a piece of plywood. That absolutely happens. I've seen it. It says, we found that dibs is not legal in Chicago, but has been tolerated and even endorsed by Chicago mayors for at least 50 years. Boston as well. So don't question dibs. Dibs, dibs has power, even though it's not legal. Now, question two about this scenario. He pulls out of the driveway in his wagoneer. It's raining. It's pouring. She's in the garage watching him run, and then she gets a little bit horny and sprints after him down the driveway. <laughs> he parks the car. He gets out, and they make out a little bit. In the yeah. rain. In the rain. She's in her jammies, and she's wet from the rain, and they make out. Did she cheat? 
Oh boy, this is a real ship of Theseus we got going on here. Um, is the ship new or not? Uh, as Ross would say. Boy, is she cheating I, I, by kissing her fiance when she's married to a man? Uh, the fiance part goes away when she marries somebody else. Does it? Doesn't it? Technically, that probably dies off. Yeah. I don't think you can be. Well, it's well, like, no, like, I no. Say, I was going to say you can't be a fiance to someone if you're married, but that's probably untrue. If you're legally separated from someone and someone else proposes, I'm sure you could. Yeah, fiance is not a legal term. Yeah, it's a French term yeah. for it. Are you sure? it's a french term for what was it there's got to be another punchline it's a french term for this ought to buy me a few months yeah 100 100 percent. um so yeah did she cheat my answer is yes but she gets a pass hall pass probably the right answer i mean is it technically if, if you're married and you kiss another person that you had a former fling with yeah that's yeah that's cheating now yeah. are you factoring in four years where they've been on a? I mean, island? like I said, like Brecky said, there's some extenuating there's circumstances, a lot that, of gray that apply to this thing that I think Mr. Big is probably yeah. comfortable with. I mean, again, Mr. Big at one point probably thought to himself, "I might be kicked to the curb here if this guy resurfaces." It, 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 like, I mean, I'm, obviously, you never think the guy's going to resurface. When he resurfaces in that moment, Mr. Big probably has that thought of like, "Shit." Yeah, there's no way I'm that out, that man. marriage is comfortable. Yeah, right. This she's she's gonna boot me to the curb because her boy's back, and that's the other thing. That's we need a castaway too. Uh, the home fallout. Like what happened yeah. in that relationship after Dude, homeboy? Got castaway is Mr. It, Big has been cast it's away. It's too late for, now. For it's Chuck. too late now. But Castaway is really popular, and uh, Castaway was it's about twenty two years old now. So is it we, really we've not, waited, a, not a movie you remake? Are you serious? We've, we've waited too old? long. But they could have done. Yeah, that they could have easily done a sequel. It was two thousand. Because if you remember how Castaway ends, it ends with him looking. North, south, east, west. Eventually when it ends. And then it fades to black. <laughs> yeah, it fades to black. We don't know where Chuck Nolan was going, right? He, no, he's at, a, he's at a crossroads. Yeah. A literal crossroads. By the way, speaking of Tom Hanks, do you guys like the movie guys. The Terminal? Cow. That did come out in December. I watched The Terminal and I remember... Tom Hanks with a terrible accent. Yeah. Well, I, I don't remember Loosely based on a real much. movie. Yeah, loosely. loosely and and based. A, on a real story, yeah. The guy couldn't leave the airport. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's one of those movies that um, I'm always torn on. Do I like this or I think this is a piece of garbage? I like it probably because Tom Hanks is in it. What are we What are we looking at? You get I'm a deal? Just, uh, yeah, get I'm a deal done over there? Uh, just showing some uh, some good text messages to my friend Sean Brecky here. Um, all good things. My wife's texting me. Oh, good, good <laughs> for you. Is, See, all good is... things. All good things. All right. So the loosely based on a true story of a guy from a foreign country who gets stuck in an airport. But if I remember the real story, doesn't he get stuck in an airport in Russia? But in this one, he's in America, right? It's a Russian yeah, guy stuck in America. In, he's in New York City. And basically, he's not, he, he's not Russian, but he, he lives in a territory or country that Russia has... Uh, I don't know. Like, yeah. The story like is he's got he no homeland. Yeah, he yeah. can't go home. Yeah, there's, and so then they, his passport's they basically, no good anymore. Yeah, and, and he doesn't have any place to go in the city. So he lives in the airport. He lives in the terminal. Right. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. Are you guys excited to see without this Tom movie? Hanks? I haven't been terrible. excited. I haven't been excited. Well, excited. I don't get excited for much. Terrell, who works here, would say this about me. Mark, you never get excited. I'm just not. Yeah, I don't. I don't yell yippee and jump up and down. That's not my. That's not my style. I get happy for people. I get. Mark, I get pumped, are, but I do it in a docile it's manner. The thing I was getting to early when you said you weren't feeling well. You are so even keel, dude. You never. 
when you like you're like we you walk in today you look just like you do every other day and you go oh man I'm I'm sick today. I'm not feeling well. I'm like, well, well when here's I'm the, sick here's, and not feeling well, I limp in and go, uh, I, don't, I don't feel good today. Here's, here's, the que- here's the question for you gentlemen who technically work for me, although you don't because you're independent contractors. Technically, but don't. Would, you rather, hell, have a bo- would you rather have a boss that's even keeled or one that's oh, all over dude, the place? Even keel without a doubt. Even keeled, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, yeah, with not even... A second thought it's on It's good to know where you stand yeah. sometimes, but yes. And it's good uh, to have people in I your life. I stand on the side of justice. I've gotten, <laughs> gotten screamed at by a boss before. I'm not that guy. You're not that guy. Not that guy. I, I, I'm one of those guys that I think would be much more impactful. If, I'm not, if you guys screw up and I yell at you, I don't think that's nearly as impactful as me telling you that I'm really disappointed. And you, you boy, that's a that's a Gene Peterson line right there. Holy cow! You know? Sounds like my mom. Yeah, I think I think you'd get more of a reaction uh, from someone saying you really disappointed. I could, I just had the, I had just had like the two times in my life that my mom said that to me. Flashback through my head. Yeah. First time they caught me smoking pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what? Well, first and only time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. God, put the fear, change your life put the that fear day. God into me, and I haven't uh, touched the devil's lettuce since. Yeah. Um. The second time was when I was about 19. And, uh, okay, I, I should. I just played way too many cards there. Didn't I? <laughs> yeah, that, no, that this. I know where you're going because this also coincides with what you started uh, doing at 19, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. She, basically, I was living in her basement and had no ambition to do anything. I was kind of still smoking pot and uh, and and getting drunk and just nothing. I I mean, I was a smart kid. You're a loser. I was a you're loser. A loser. I was an absolute loser at like yeah. 19. And my mom just lit into me one day. It was like, this is it. Like, I, you are not living in my basement anymore. You've got to get your poop in a group. And it's it's time, man. I'm sick of being disappointed in you. And I can remember those words and being like, oh, crap. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> reminds- look at you now, Ross. That's yeah, she's not disappointed now. now. She wouldn't be. I Have know you guys be very, proud, very of proud of me. My brother and I always like this scene. Have you guys seen The Graduate? Oh, yeah. Well, okay, no. I know what it is. It's the one with... Dustin, De- Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman. I almost said Dennis. Are you trying to seduce me? Yeah. And, and it's Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. But great, I, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it. Great, great movie. But in it, uh, Dustin Hoffman is at his parents' house. They have a swimming pool. And he's just floating. The dad comes out and says, what are you doing? He's like, floating. You know, he's like kind of listless, not doing stuff. And the dad kind of yells at him a little bit. This is what it reminds me of. You think the same young man would take some stock in himself. It's a good movie. You should see it. And not only that, if you watch that movie, then you got to watch. Rumor has it which is a clever movie. Have you seen Rumor Has It? I have with not seen that one. Kevin Costner and uh, Jennifer Aniston. What? Yeah, Rumor Has It. So hear this out, okay? So I don't need to go into great detail about The Graduate, but The Graduate stars Anne Bancroft and, and Dustin Hoffman and Mrs. Robinson, okay? Fast forward, what, 40 years, 50 years, Jennifer Aniston makes this movie called, um, called Rumor Has It, and in it, she thinks that her grandmother is who that movie was based off of. Oh, that's cool. So they're connected. The movies that's are connected real, That's kind of cool. Way, okay, I wonder right? where, where, where that was And the Dustin going. Hoffman character, the question, the mystery of the movie is, is the Dustin Hoffman character um, Ke- re- really, Kevin- Bo, Bo Bridges is the name of the movie, Kevin Costner's character. Yeah. Was it based off of them because they were from Pasadena and the timing fit? And all of this stuff. So it's actually a really clever that's movie. Pretty, that's pretty cool. I have never yeah. seen that. And I will tell you, as I Google it, uh, the internet does not like that movie. Well, the internet can suck it, dude. Well, you can suck it. 
Uh, IMDb, 5.5 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, 21%. Okay, but keep and in mind, Google, how many people that saw Rumor Has It, which was a Jennifer Aniston movie, yeah. had seen The Graduate? I'm going to guess not very, many. Very good point. Right. Uh, it, Google users, 74% like this movie, but you're not familiar with Google. Yeah, Google's not on my good side Wait, right now. Tell that story now. You gotta not much of a story. It's just depressing. <sighs> it is depressing. So... I mean, hopefully fixable. All right, we'll find I, out I, I want to go back Still a little bit know. so that people can understand why why you're because if we just said what happened, people would be like, "Dude, grow up and get over it." Uh, I have a friend named Josh Holderness. He is at one of the owners of Gusto Pizza and the Breakfast Club. I know Josh. Awesome dude. Hello, Josh. Yep, and Josh and my Josh's wife and my wife grew up together, so we've known each other for a long time. I was at their wedding, and we were hanging out the other day, and this was about two months ago. And he says, hey, I highly like working with Charter. I said, man, I love it. And he goes, God, that's an interesting guy, Marcus. I said, yeah, you, you got that right. And he said, he takes dibs really he said, seriously. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you should hear him talk about did you, dibs. Did you know his position on dibs? <laughs> that's what you should say next time somebody <laughs> breaks me up. Talk, bring up dibs sometimes. <laughs> See what he says. Yeah. Uh, Josh, who is successful, driven, has a lot of the same character traits that people would say about Mark when they, when they meet him. Josh said... I got to spend some time with Mark a couple years ago, and he is one of the most singularly focused individuals I've ever met. And I thought, wow, that's kind of interesting. And he said, well, here's what happened on this uh, uh, this trip that we were on. Mark was asked to speak. Um, where did you go? You were like, you went somewhere. Cabo. You went to something, Cabo. Something like that. And yeah. it was uh, basically kind of... Um, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people that lot are business owners, business owners like yeah. huge networking opportunity. But in this, Mark was asked to kind of do some sort of presentation about who he was and what Charter House was and was going to be. Now, this, from the way I understand it, Mark, was seven, eight years ago before? Uh, no, it wouldn't have been that long. It would have been like four years ago, something like that. And Mark stood up in front of this group and said that at the time, his goal was to become the highest rated agent on social media in Des Moines. From a yeah, reviews perspective. From a reviews perspective. Sure. And that was that was an interesting concept to almost everybody that was on this trip with you because nobody was thinking in that particular avenue. You knew you couldn't start Charter House and say, I want to be the biggest. I want to do the most deals. I want to sell the biggest and the, and the most expensive houses in Des Moines. You have to build up to that. And so you had to build a reasonable goal and you want to be the best at something. So your reasonable, achievable goal was, I want to be the best reviewed agent in Des Moines. And so you set out for that, and you did that. In a couple of short years, you were able to build it so that your clients were in this habit of going on and reviewing you online, right? And giving you these five-star reviews. Yep. And then when I started a couple of years ago, that was something that you talked to me about. It was like, hey, get people to give reviews get people to go online and do this for not only you, but for Charter House. It's and then that social helps. proof. It helps all of us, yeah. right? Yeah. So you did that. And we we had, as a, as a firm, over 500 five-star reviews on Google. I wish that was true. That's not true. We it had was, over 5 million yeah, five-star five reviews. No, we, it they was, had, it they was, actually created a seven-star review category for Charter House. Yeah. What's the true story? No, it was, well, longer story. It used to be more, and then they were all on Zillow, and then some got transferred over, and then some got lost and whatever. So as of last week, I think we were like 228. So 228. Man, I thought but we were rating, 500 but our, Well, we want to be, but our rating was uh, five. Yeah. Right? 
So that's a lot of reviews and everybody's saying great things. So that was more the point. And we were on our way to getting over 250 soon because we were going to be trying to do that. Uh, what all hell broke loose. So all hell broke loose when one of our agents sent a message to a client and said, please go on. Cause we're, yeah, we're doing a thing right now to try to reach a certain number. I thought we were well above that. I really, I thought we were like in the 7 million category. Um, we were trying to get up above, uh, a certain number. And so Mark had sent out a challenge to us to all try to get a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, and cause I'm very bad at asking clients to do the reviews thing need to do that. It wouldn't be, a, it, you know, it's an extra email to people or a text it's, message, but anyway, it's very quite simple. Went to go do that. Uh, one of the clients, one of the agents here went to do that and we got a message back from the client that said, what are you talking about? When I Google charter house, there is no business page. There is no place for me to leave a review there's just Google results for what Charterhouse means. Our and link, our website link. Comes yeah, up. and there's like a there's like a Charterhouse hotel in Korea. Yeah, Korea. I was gonna say Taiwan, but yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah, when you Google us as of sometime last week, on the right hand side, it would pop up our business information. It's our business page yeah. essentially. It's got a map to us. It's got all the reviews. It's got some photos of where we work. All of those things. So I was tracking reviews last week. I I googled us. I looked it up, and that was all gone. So I'm like, oh, that's that's a problem, uh, and then refreshed, thinking, oh, you know, it'll pop back up. Didn't pop back up, and then I went to the uh, corresponding Gmail account, the email account that I've had for over ten years. Tried to log into that, and it said this account has recently been deleted. So I didn't delete this account, right? So then I'm thinking, okay, it's either Google for some reason or a hacker. I've kind of ruled out a hacker because. Google is really good when you try to log in from anything yeah, it that it doesn't recognize. It sends notifications right yeah, away. Are you yeah. trying to do that? I didn't get any of those. So I have no idea. No notice from Google. No, we're about to do this from Google. Nothing. So so if you're listening and you've uh, used Charterhouse Real Estate, um, in a couple of weeks, if you can go back. <laughs> so the, hopefully the resolution, hopefully the resolution, getting through to Google, by the way, nightmare. Oh, dude. I was on the phone for three hours, literally three hours, on hold, uh, got through to someone that could offer no assistance whatsoever. Um, eventually got an email to su- support, and they've been at least so far helpful. The one thing that they did say was, it was kind of good news, bad news. It said, bad news, that business profile is dead. It's gone. Um but which is not the hard part to replace. But we found it. We found the business and we found the reviews. So you need to start a new business profile. And then once that's verified, which they do through a postcard, <laughs> literally, Google from Palo Alto. That's, that's, that's insane. It's like, mailing us a postcard with the, a code on it. The ju- I love the way you phrased that in our meeting the other day when you said the most massive technology company on the planet is sending us a postcard. Mm-hmm. That's the only option. It's I, I went through this exact same thing when so, I set up my Ross Peterson page, and I never even I, mean, I, I, mean, kind of I went it. through it. And I, it, I, it if they was, think they're dealing with any type of hacks or whatever, well, that same person would have to have access to your mailbox. But so anyway, it's a weird one. So when yeah. I get that, which is supposed to be in a few days, we'll see. Uh, verify my account, then they think they'll be able to transfer our reviews back over. So best case scenario, we get them back. Worst case scenario, we've got some emailing to do to our clients to say, yes, hey, we, do. we need to build this thing back up yeah. and, and build it up yep. quickly. So if you like us, let us know. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that took a day of my time this week. So when Ross says, I have it easy, he just doesn't know. That sound legit? <laughs> You don't. You you're so bad. You we all weep fake. for you, Mark. <laughs> we can't. You can't fake it. 
And honestly, what bothered me most about that is, is you guys, I'm okay. I'll be okay. You know, I'll sell some real estate, whatever. But those reviews are important. They are very important because and it, and it is that's how we, we have, well, we have an uphill battle to get no doubt. people that what we do is legit. Yeah. If we don't put because Remax of what we charge, or, don't put Remax or Iowa realty on that sign and send your money to some who, giant corporation. Who, who is, who is this company? Exactly. What are they all about? The reviews say, like, oh, they're probably okay. It isn't Mark. When I'm driving down the road and I see a for sale sign and it's not a sign. And now obviously I recognize a lot more. Yeah. I know what space simply signs are. I know what white you know what I mean? Like yeah. All these other signs besides the balloon and the Iowa Realty. Yep. Um, there are still times I drive by and I see one that is an offshoot, an off-brand. Yeah. And I think to myself, my first instinct is, why did they go with some? Yeah, hundred percent loser company. And then if you, and if you and if you Google them, religion. and if you Google them and you see nothing, you're gonna be like, yeah, oh, the, exactly the, right. This is a complete if nobody. You, if you Google them, you don't see that they're the what were we last year? The nineteen twentieth. Highest selling out of 163. I must just constantly build my own. About 80 mil. <laughs> about 80 mil in sales. Not bad for a small little engine that could. Um, all right, I'm going to switch gears. Are you guys going to see this movie? We've talked about this a little bit, but I haven't been excited to go to see a movie in a long time. Uh, thanks to COVID, mostly. Actually, the James Bond I was, but that was kind of a turd, in my opinion. The unbearable weight of massive talent. I can't wait to see this. When does it come out? I will go Tomorrow. with you. Tomorrow. Does it really? Tomorrow. Yeah. What time? You want to go see it tomorrow on matinee? Let's go see, let's go see a matinee, boys. Come I'm on. In. Come on. Hold come on. on. Come on. Hold on. We hold might on. have a lot of showings going on tomorrow. Hold on. <sighs> no, we're not. We're going to get that house today. Shut up. Okay. Think positive. I'm Just, looking it up. Hold on. We're going to be the 14th biggest firm. Tomorrow. <laughs> At least one five-star review. Hey, we could go do We could go do a, a, a nooner tomorrow. In oh. Altoona, it's at 1230. Oh, boy. Hey, 1230 is going to be pushing it for me. Can't do that. Because I have a radio show that I do Not every till day. Not till 3 o'clock? If the movie starts at 12.30 in Altoona, Mark, that means the movie starts at 1, means it's done at 2.45. I get back in the car at 2.50. I miss the first five minutes of the show. Come on, man. Oh, oh my God. What is, what is the crowd going to do without you for five minutes? What it was. It's a responsibility. Okay, so... Uh, anyway, back to the movie that Ross is not going to see tomorrow. Um, yes, it looks outstanding. The, so primarily have because we talked about it it's, on here it's, we have it's, it's a guy that's making fun of himself. I, th and I think that's I, mean, that, I think that's the appeal. Is there a person more suited right now for being able to make fun of themselves? Nicholas Cage is. You know, there are all these things on the internet about him that are just wild, wacky, weird. Yeah. Stories of him. You know, well, I think you were telling me some of them, Mark, about him showing up to do auditions for a role, and he basically does monologues from other of other roles. It could be, and they're like, "What? Do yeah. you know why you're here?" And he's Crazy like, well, I'm, "Yeah, I'm here because I'm Nicolas Cage and yeah. whatever." So I think this is going to be. I can't wait for it. I saw the previews for this. Great it's, reviews yeah. so far. The best part of the preview that I love is when. Uh, this guy that is the biggest Nick Cage fan in the world shows him like the life says Nick Cage that he has in this basement <laughs> and Nick Cage says it's grotesque and then says I'll give you 20,000 for it <laughs> I think it'll be fantastic for sure all right are you ready for the best story you've ever heard in your life Mark um, yeah yeah go ahead you know what? You know what? If that's going to be your excitement level, never mind. I mean, Sean. Sean. Sean doesn't you know. sound excited. I know what he's going to talk about. I, that's why I brought Sean in for this reason. Okay, 
The story I'm going to tell you is such a good story. It does have a documentary out about it, like several of the ones I've told you about before. This You can find multiple podcasts that give you a lot of great details that aren't in the documentary that I'm going to tell you about. Um, and in fact, the one podcast that I, I like the most, I listened to this week that made me think this is the one I'm bringing to the table. Uh, I listened to this last weekend. A friend of mine told me about this podcast called Cheat. In fact, it was Josh Reynolds. when I We talked about Josh last week. I just helped his uh, stepson mm-hmm. close on a uh-huh. house. Uh-huh. Yeah. Josh told me about this podcast just called Cheat, and it is fantastic. I told Brecky about it, and you've been listening to it also, right? I have, yep. Okay, and you got about through five the... five episodes? Of- yeah, yeah. So the first episode is about the 2015 Atlanta school cheating, where teachers were taking... Um, uh, so with No Child Left Behind, teachers basically would get more money. Schools would get more money if their schools performed better on tests. Yep. So what these teachers in Atlanta were doing in 2015 was the, te- the kids would take the tests in these inner city schools. The teachers would collect the tests, take them into a classroom, literally put newspaper over the windows. And this group of five to seven teachers would change the answers on these kids' tests to make them get better scores. Sounds a little bit like the admissions scandal. Yeah, they yep. called them cheat parties. Yes, they did. Oh, right, nice. So like that's the, the guac and the uh, the chips. Yeah, yeah. That's the very first episode, which is fantastic. Okay. There's one about the GameStop thing. Yep. Um, there's one about uh, a fight that gets kind of that that where a guy cheated. Took the padding out of his gloves. Yeah, yeah. So then the list, the his fifth trainer did. The fifth episode is this story that we're about to talk about, and it's really well done. So again, if you get a chance to go check out Cheat, this episode is from June fifteenth of twenty twenty one. It's called Hook, Wine, and Sinker. Are you a wine guy at all, Mark? I'm not. I'm aware of what wine is, <laughs> and I've had it, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a wine guy. You are aware enough uh, to know that there is a an entire culture around wine that goes from beginner to expert and everything in between. And the money that gets thrown around in the wine industry goes from something. Um, uh, something so now, all so of now, us are tra- now I'm tracking where you're going because you mentioned a documentary and I think I've seen the documentary. Sour grapes. Yeah, I've seen okay. It. You know this story. So you're going to help me fill in some of the, okay. the, the details on this from but, what I can remember. Sure. But the, the, uh, the podcast that I listened to called Cheat, The Hook, Wine, and Sinker, gives a lot of details yep. that aren't in Sour Grapes. So the the premise of this story it revolves around the, uh, the, the vintage wine industry, which is a multi-million dollar industry of people. I mean, and listen, we all, we talk about it with whiskey, with Joe Hayhoe. I'm a beer guy. I love really fancy wealthy people. Mostly wealthy, especially in wine and art. Yeah. Wealthy people. It's like horses. Yeah. Yeah, There's certain things like if you're in it, you got money, right? F1. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So you're in it. You're, you're already hitting on a lot of these things. There's so much money floating around these circles and you've got to kind of get your way into these circles. And it, it is, most likely that when you enter these circles, people don't know you because most of them are looking up the ladder, not down the ladder. So when you join a circle, there's not a whole lot of vetting and, you know, is this guy who he says he is type of thing. And this is where we get to around the turn of the century in 2000, this guy starts to show up in the New York wine market and his name is Rudy Condit. That's what everybody calls him. His name is, uh, uh, in fact... Um, Rudy Kurniawan. But 
Rudy Condit sounds a little bit better. In fact, they all just kind of refer to him as Dr. Condit for a long time, if I remember right. So Rudy is showing up with some amazing wines. In fact, he is showing up with like vintage wines nobody has seen before. And he's, and, and he's bringing them from these Chinese sellers that are being opened for the first time in decades. Mm-hmm. He has access to them. He's now the conduit for all of these amazing wines coming out of China and Indonesia into the New York market. And he is, in his first couple of appearances at wine shows, he's buying a million dollars worth of wine or $6 million worth of wine. And then when he, in return, he's showing up with sometimes 15, $20 million of wine. He is a huge splash on the scene here. And people love it when Rudy shows up because Rudy does a couple things that nobody else does when they're at these things. First of all, he buys everything, uh-huh. which is uncommon. Most people go and they buy a couple things. He's buying in bulk. Uh-huh. And then he's opening these bottles and sharing them with people in the room. Yeah. Which is this is amazing. I mean, these people all want the experience of being to open, being able to open, you know, a, a 1982 Chateau Leblanc or whatever. Yeah. The, I don't even know if that's a thing. That they all are wanting to have this vintage wine experience. And here this guy is showing up and he's providing it for them. Not only is he bringing these bottles into the party and then, you know, he's making a lot of money, obviously, because he's, he's selling these bottles. He's spending a lot of money. So everybody's making some cash on this thing. And then he's opening the bottles and everybody gets to experience it and it's awesome and it's fun and wonderful. Some things start to pop up, though, that make some uh, some folks wonder what is is happening here. And, and the first one is in 2007. He shows up at a... Uh, in fact, the first one happens in 2006. I, I apologize. Because he shows up at an auction, buys a whole bunch of wine, but he shows up with an ultra luxury a burgundy wine called a domaine de la romaine conti yeah i've had it you of course you've had it yeah of course you've had it now eventually uh some people look into this and they go wait a minute something's wrong with this something's 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 off and one of the wine purveyors sends a link to the auction to the winery and says, hey, you're not going to believe this. Some of your family's vintage wines are coming back on the market. And this guy that shows up with this amazing dude has is pulling your wines out of these Asian sellers. Well, Mark, this would be like if Seton, you know, let's just say in a, 50 years from now, you're gone. And Seton and Duke are sitting here at, the, at Charter House Real Estate. And some guy calls in and says, hey, you guys aren't going to believe this. I found a Charter House t-shirt. And it has a year on it, and it says uh, it says 2004. Charter House Real Estate, 2004. You guys want this? Duke and Seton would go, wait. Says what? Yeah. Well, how, does, how does it say 2004? Because we didn't start this thing. My dad didn't start this until 2016. Yep. So when he calls the, the winery and sends it to him, says, hey, there's a, these amazing vintage wines from your family's winery coming out here. There was a, a Merlot grape shortage in a certain year at, at their farm. He knew that then in 1982, they didn't make that particular wine. So he knew something was amiss. Mm-hmm. So he starts going through all of these other bottles, and there are 
hundreds of bottles in this particular auction that are going to come from his family's vineyard. And he starts to notice a lot of weird things and almost exact replicas to the scenario I used with you and the kids. Some of these bottles are before the family even started the vineyard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a red flag. Huge red flag, right? So as that's happening, there's a, and and that's happening uh, in, in uh, Italy. In America, one of the biggest wine cellars in a, in the country belongs to the Koch brothers. Remember the Koch brothers? I think mm-hmm. we're all familiar with the, yep. they, they are a, uh, Bill Koch and I can't think of his brother's name. I think one of them is dead. Yeah. I think, I think, I think Bill is the one who passed away. Yeah. Bill was the one that was the wine connoisseur and he is in on all of these different auctions and, and, and vintage bottles that, that Rudy is bringing into the party. But Bill Cook, Bill Cook is ob, uh, is uh, obviously a very smart man, but he's uh, also a, a wine historian. He knows everything about these wines, and he starts to notice some of this stuff popping up in Rudy's collection. That these are these are wines that don't exist, and he doesn't mean like they're hard to find. They don't exist. Yeah, it's impossible for these wines to be there. So at about that time, Bill Bill. Uh, 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 Coke. He is. We're getting into like the 2009 era before he's starting to pull the red flag. At that same time is when this uh, uh, this vineyard in Italy finds out that there are hundreds of bottles that are fake. The owner of the winery comes to an auction in a very dramatic display as one of his bottles is being put up for auction. Stands up because first of all, everybody knows he's the vineyard owner. It's a huge deal that he's showing up at this auction. Mm-hmm. When he stands up, the room goes quiet, and he says, "I demand that all of my bottles be pulled from this auction. We think that these are fake." And that's when the rug gets pulled out from underneath Rudy, and the FBI raids his apartment in New York City. And what they find, Mark, is that Rudy has been faking all of this. What Rudy did was he would buy vintage bottles that he knew looked like the bottles that a certain winery would use during a certain time period. Not just that. He wouldn't just buy them. He would also take them from these dinners that he would go to. Yep. He would soak the bottles in warm water so he could peel the labels off easily and and, and, and leave no glue residue. He would then make fake labels and bake them in the oven to make them turn brown so he could age them that way. Mm-hmm. He would find the corks that were that matched the corks that were used in those bottles from those vineyards at that time. Everything. He the most impressive part of this mark was the actual Dude, me. Yep, thank you. Yep. Was the actual wine inside of these bottles. Because what Rudy was able to do that was the most magical part of his con was replicate the taste of those bottles. So he was also a brilliant man. I mean, it just well, clearly to pull off a scam like that. You pull off. has got to be gotta somewhat be, smart. Right, right. You got to have your ducks in a row and figure sure. all your stuff out here. Sure. Rudy would mix wines together to make a blend that would replicate the taste and the, and the, <coughs> the flavor notes he would just read about. Because let's be honest, nobody here has actually had the 1982 Chateau Leblanc, whatever, right? Bullshit. Nobody's ever had it. That's why it's so vintage. So, And if you did, you probably had a long time ago, and you probably had a bunch of wines between now and then. You don't remember exactly how it tastes. Yeah. 
And Rudy was able to get it close enough that when he would open these bottles in front of people, which he obviously knew were worthless, but he would have them sample it, it was that snap of credibility. People would go, oh my gosh, this guy, it, it, all of this is true because I've had the wine and it's amazing. This right. is a case where people want to believe something. Yeah. Mark, I'll tell you, dude. You trick his, your mind into thinking anything. Oh, for, for sure. His legal defense in this is fascinating fascinating for you need to know a couple things rudy did end up going to jail and spent some time in jail and you will learn if you go through the this rabbit hole far enough rudy had a lot of hush money there were a lot of people that were involved with this not just one guy he was definitely the source he was definitely the mastermind and he was definitely the fall guy there were a lot of other people that he he took the the shot for here yeah, i think in the podcast they said that the Fake wine business is worth something like $13 billion a year. It's, Mark, in one night, Rudy sold $23 million worth of fake wine. In one night. That was his largest haul. But he had a couple of hauls that were like in that in that range. Where in a night, he would go to a, a wine auction with fake wine that he had made yeah. in stored in bottles that he just, I mean, like, Every part of it was fake. Clearly, he had some rich partners because at some point he needed money yep. to be able to start buying this stuff yeah. to look legit, all of that. When so they he had found, some, some backers. When they found the bottles, Mark, the, the thing that, the, again, the mixing of the wines was the thing that even blew away the investigators the most. What Rudy had done, he left the ingredients on every bottle. So he would, as he was masterminding the, the concoction he would write on the bottle what he was using. Two parts okay. California Merlot, three parts French, whatever, right? And then when he got done with that, he would write, erase those from the bottle so that they wouldn't be there anymore. But when the investigators broke in, they basically saw the entire assembly line of operations. They saw the fake bottles. They saw the fake labels. They saw the fake corks. They saw the bottles with the uh, yep. potions written on them and uh they were able to arrest the guy and even in court um his legal defense was quite fascinating even though they never ever put it up the line he never threw anybody under the bus his legal defense was essentially i didn't do anything wrong yeah i did i what is it that you were paying me for weren't you paying me so that you and your friends could drink this wine and have a fun night and Tell your buddies that you owned it and bought it and that you had a bunch of money and you spent a bunch of it's, 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 it's the money, yeah, yeah, because it's no different than like getting around telling stories and you tell one that's super entertaining but not real. Well, yeah. Not just that. Right. I mean, it's, you know? it's the – think about that bottle that you got a couple of weeks ago from Sam Adams. Yeah, right. If you, if you found out that that was just some regular yeah, bottle Yeah, that's a great point, man. I'd be crushed. You'd be crushed. It's like, not, oh, man, it's not just the money. It's yeah. defrauding people yeah. of an experience. Although I think... Yeah, I think no doubt about that. What people you, have a harder time feeling bad for victims in, the, in these particular cases because of their wealth. Well... It's kind of like... Um, I'm just using a local example. And, and probably why a lot of victims never came forward is embarrassment, right? With our good friend Marty Terrell and what he great, did, great right? Great point. Good Marty point. had a lot of victims, and I know some myself that never got involved or really came forward because they didn't want to let the world know that they got taken by marty terrell yep you know so this guy probably conned a hell of a lot more people that actually complained about it or you know wanted money back or yeah. whatever the case is right. 
It yeah, took, whatever the victim is extremely I mean, Mark, wealthy. You're, you're it, nailing it here, dude. He, you're absolutely right. Because if you look at the people that were actually able to bring him down, it's not just guy. It's not just dudes that were in this wine industry. It wasn't some woman who got upset because she got taken. It was mega powerful people. Mm-hmm. Not, not players in the industry. Yeah. The heavy hitters are the ones that have to say, because you're right, man, you've nailed it. If you're, if you're in a room and a guy makes $23 million and all of a sudden you think, oh, crap, I think he defrauded me. You, who are you? Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, for sure. What are you going to do? Mike Tyson just slapped your mom. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Thank what are you, you sir, man. Have yeah, yeah. Sorry, Mike. What'd she do, man? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good so, point. Like, if you went and I, to and a, I do remember and the documentary, by the way, which is good. I haven't seen it a couple Sour years. Sour Grapes is the name of the documentary. It's really well done. It focuses a lot more on the Bill Cook side. Or Coke. I guess he's Cook. Bill Cook side of the, of the thing, which is fascinating. The documentary is a really cool watch to see the image of Bill Cook's Bill Cook's wine cellar is worth the, it's the payoff of the documentary. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, the, the cheat podcast focuses a lot more on that very dramatic moment when the owner of the, of the vineyard um, stood up and, and demanded that his, his products be taken out of the auction. And it's, and followed Rudy around. And, and yeah, yeah. Yes. So it's really a fascinating. Uh, we might have really a fascinating. I'm, I'm story. sure there's an episode on this, or if not, there there would be. But I mentioned the admission scandal a little bit earlier. This is a little bit like the Dibs conversation. Um, you had wealthy people essentially buying their children's way into USC and other schools, etc. Did you fall on the side where you had a big problem with that? I never did. Mark, I, I never did. Listen, I, I fall in the same place in that as I do with the shoe scandal thing. Um, this stuff's been happening yeah. for a very long time. It absolutely is the way the game is. It, it, it has been played. If you think that these, oh, what was her name? Who was the famous lady that got caught up in it? Becky's. L- Lori Laughlin. If you think Lori Laughlin and her friends are the first to buy their kids way into college, you are sorely mistaken. Yeah. I mean, this, this sort of stuff has been happening for a very long time. In fact, there are actually some really great stories. Uh, someday I will talk. We'll, we'll talk about the story of Scottie Pippen yeah. on the greatest story ever, because the story of how Scottie Pippen got to be Scottie Pippen doesn't happen unless you've got people doing favors for people. Yeah, yeah. That they that shouldn't have been done. Scottie Pippen never should have been given the opportunities that he was given as a young man, but luckily he was. Yeah. And it and and it turned out in his favor, but it's just those type of stories. I have I, I don't know why, but I have a hard time. Do you know yeah, why yeah, people? Yes, think, yes, your child should earn their way into school. Do you know why? But the the but the the, the parties to to that scandal were wealthy families and uh, and an institution you, that takes thousands of people each year. Now now the argument was always uh, they got in, so some kid you know, somewhere got got rejected, and that was always the again. That's the problem with it. Using discretion on each one of those individual things, there are certainly examples in that at college admission scandal where kids were. I think even the the Laughlin. No, her kids weren't the ones that joined the crew team. Uh, no, they were. No, they were. Yes, were they she, the crew? She, okay. they took photos of her on yes. a rowing machine yeah, okay, or whatever, okay. right? Then that's a, that one is one where a roster spot on a team would have been given to somebody who actually knew what a boat looked like. Yeah. <laughs> than, yeah. than this girl. Yep. Uh, but some of those were simply things of calling the university and saying, "Hey, what do I? What's the back door here? 
Because that's what there was a front door, a back door, and this yeah. was the side door they called it. Yep. Uh, and the side door was just simply pay us a bunch of money and and we'll get your kid in the door. Yeah. And yeah, that happens. That happens a lot. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know why. I'm sure there's people that listen like that were maybe not outraged, but just had a problem with that story. And I never did. I am. Uh, I got to go. East High Golf Classic is coming up. We're going to have a couple of foursomes for the Charter House team that uh, I'm going to send out an email or text message here soon to see who so all wants to be a part of that. Out and there. Uh, and then um, well, I'm headed to a meeting right now for some planning. Anybody that wants to take advantage of that, easthighgolf.org, you can get a foursome together for Friday. We have two different tee times on Saturday. What What's the date on the event? Why you got it? What, why does it matter? <laughs> it seems like you should know it. I mean, I'm asking all them questions. Yeah, why are you asking all these questions? Man, how does, he, how does it? Why how does, does it matter? How does he not know this? It is May 13th, and I know, I know when it is. May 13th. Where, May where 13th again? and 14th. So there's there's a tea time at 1 o'clock on Friday. There's a 7.30 a.m. and a 1 o'clock on Saturday. Yeah, and I'd, it's at I'd Copper. I'd be out for that 7.31. It's at Copper Creek. Um, And this this sounds, it smells like the type of event where chapstick on the driver is socially acceptable. Uh, in fact, encouraged, I believe, is what the, they give it, out it's the word. It's the, the, the verbiage that we use. We did an event like that. We did one of our KX No Hack Fests. Yeah. I sat on the first tee box with uh, my buddy Justin yeah. and gave away KXNO chapsticks. So East Tie event uh, at Copper Creek, if it gets warm enough, what are the chances your shirt comes off? Because I know you've done that out there. Well, before. I have out there. I will be honest, probably not. Gr- well, okay. Okay. How hot? How hot? 95. 95. I'm swimming in Pat Logan's pool. My shirt is 100% coming off on the on the okay. 18th green. I don't think on May 13th it's going to be 95 degrees. Not 18th green. 9th green. On the 9th green, my, my T-shirt's coming off. That's So we, uh, a fellow agent, an agent, Jeff Downing, yeah. who is extremely creative and off the wall with his marketing stuff. Can we just call him mutton chops? He, of his sideburns? he was at the Hackfest one year when it was 105 degrees. And I was swimming in Pat Logan's pool. Pat had given us permission, obviously. Tournament had just ended. I go walking across the street with my shirt off, climb this fence to jump in the pool. And uh, I hollered at this foursome that was coming up. I'm like, hey, any guys want to go swimming with me? And this Jeff dude is like, when am I ever going to get the chance to end a golf tournament swimming in a pool? Swimming with Ross Let's Peterson. Let's do this thing, man. And he jumped in the pool with me, and we had fun, and we laughed about it. And we cooled off and got out and went in and had a good time with the uh, with the event at the at the banquet. And now I've done a couple of deals with Jeff, and I, I follow him on Facebook. Yeah, he's an interesting fellow. But I always he, think through these things. People tell stories like this, and I'm thinking, did you have a towel? Did you walk into the building soaking wet? That was my, yeah. Like, did you dry off that quick? It was that hot out? You just was, stood yeah, outside I, for 10 minutes, yep, and you were dry? Of, I got out, and I squeezed the shorts off a little bit, and... Sat there and chatted for a few minutes, threw a t-shirt back on, flip-flops on, and walked into the the clubhouse. Well, you two rock stars keep it up. I know you've been out in the world getting deals done. In fact, Ross and I are banging. That's what we call it when uh, we're on both sides of a deal. So we got one together yesterday. We're banging on it. uh, For those interested, Mark's a power bottom. Yeah. Hoping to uh, accept some <laughs> offers today, save a guy about seven grand on That's what we do. We save people... uh, a lot of money, one point one million last year. Did we get an offer on that? Not yet. All right, you guys, good to get a job. lot of interest. Yeah, a lot Thanks, of everybody. Money. We'll Thanks, see you next week. Bye.